This is the Black Swarm Podcast, baby. We're raw. And welcome to the Week 12 edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. As always, Hank Piper here with Rob Antonell. Uh, quite a bit to talk about from the Perry game, but I think right off rip, I uh, you know, biggest story, Maslin, we are a place of tradition, got a long history of doing things our way. So uh, with that, I think it's time we fire Coach Moore, huh? Oh, right before he uh, gets the record, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been done before. Um, so, sure, I mean, I, if you want to, go for it. <laughs> no, obviously that's a joke. Oh. I thought you were going to, like, lean into it a little more of something for me, but now just... Not even playing into it at all. I mean, everybody's allowed to have opinions, Hank. If you want to fire him, that's that's up to you. That's that's fine. Have at it. Just like every other opinion on here, it's a bit. Really. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for the people that aren't aware, he is tied with Paul Brown for most wins mm-hmm. in Maslin football history, and uh, so assuming that Maslin wins this week, uh, he would become the all-time leader in Maslin high school football history. And, uh, I mean, obviously, no one has surpassed Paul Brown since he's been here. Uh, there has been an occurrence where one coach was close to coming up on that milestone and lost his job ahead of time. Uh, you know, that is the talking point around it, was that people didn't want him to surpass Paul Brown. But at the same time, I don't think it was uh, quite the same situation <laughs> that we're in now. So. Yeah. Uh, it was not as dominant of a stretch, a period of time that the coach was going through when he was fired. So, um, yes, obviously this is just a bit, but there's a little bit of backstory for it. Yeah. So real honest Hank talking here that, you know, big milestone coach Morgan, 80 wins, big congrats to him. Uh, he's got the program chugging along at a clip that I haven't seen in my lifetime. Uh, I don't think a lot of Masson fans have seen in theirs. But, um, yeah, we get the win this week. He goes down in Maslin history as the winningest football coach. And then only a couple more, you know, boxes to check before he can truly surpass the great one. There's a lot of boxes to check before you can come close to that. Well, I think it's one box, like five to six to eight times, and then, uh, you know, another one, three or four more. But, you know, they're not different. They're just pretty lofty goals yes you you only have to win you know six state championships in a row yeah and then go to college and win a national championship i meant just strictly and then go to maslin oh just yeah just just yeah no uh don't forget those a few national championships too yeah but uh obviously nobody can really surpass paul brown but Mm -hmm. still congrats to coach moore so with that uh we can move along into the game a couple I know you didn't catch a lick of it this week. You had um, a busy night playing board games with your work friends. All right, that makes it sound really bad. <laughs> Am I wrong? That's not how it went. First off, they're not my work friends. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Just work acquaintances then. Let me make it worse. Actually, I only knew one of the five people. Well, four others. I was five. I only knew one of them. Uh, the other three were like different vice presidents and stuff in the company. Oh, rubbing elbows with the big dogs then. That was part of it, yeah. All right, fair enough. That went from, oh, I actually know one guy. Well, that's worse, too. Uh, you know, they're all VPs, so. Yeah. You almost kind of still don't get a pass, but slightly less bad. But you're still playing board games all night, so. <laughs> it was a fun night. Um, I was asked to participate in this without being given a date of when it was. Mm-hmm. And then I just got thrown into like a group email thread saying I was in. And then like that's when I found out when the date was. And I was like, oh, that coincides with week 11. Like, oh, that stinks. Good thing week 11 sucks. It shouldn't even happen. Like, it shouldn't be a thing. I mean, I guess week 11 should, but like the yeah. sixth. <laughs> yeah, 1v16 shouldn't be Yeah, 1v16 shouldn't be happening. Uh, and then I was kind of disappointed when I found out it was going to be Perry because I was like, oh, I want to go to Perry. But, you know, I predicted it to be a 42-point win, and if it wasn't for a missed extra point, it would have been a 42-point win. Not yeah. much of a game. We'll get into it. But, yeah, I mean, I haven't watched a lick. I haven't watched any highlights. I haven't done anything. I'm, I'm going into this fresh. I'm going to be watching it for the first time. So you might get some, like, real reactions, I guess. All right. So I think the biggest thing right up top I want to talk about with the game was just how – god-awful atrocious that the refs were um you know i know you didn't see any of it and full disclosure we just had this whole conversation once but the audio went to shit so we're gonna have to have it again um the refs were just bad calls all night uh i got a couple notes the first one was just right up top it was either Perry's first or second punt the play clock hit zero and it was like a five to seven mississippi count they didn't even call a delay of game on it. It Perry got the punt off, and our fans were giving them the business. I mean, it was to the point where I heard people yelling about the clock, looked at it, saw it, looked down at the ball, still not snapped, got up, started yelling. Then they got the then they got the snap off, no flag, nothing. Um, some bad late hits. A horse collar tackle on a quote horse collar tackle called on what I thought was a pretty good play of our defensive end. I think it was Bond. He just beat the tackle right off rip. Was running upfield. Quarterback took the snap. They were running an uh, empty set, just quarterback up the middle run. And Bond gets upfield. Quarterback's running it down the pipe. He reaches a hand out, just gets his hand on the dude's. Like, the outside of his shoulder pad gets a fistful of jersey, pulls him down backwards by that. Um, Which is hard to talk about right off rip again, but you want to explain to people what a horse collar is and why or why not that is a horse collar tackle? Uh, I'd like to see the actual rule book right in front of me, but it is the combination of the yanking backwards motion and i believe having some point some part of your hand on the inside of their jersey or pad so i mean the idea is that they want to take out of the game when you're trying to tackle somebody from behind you grab them by the back of the neck and it just instantly yanks them backwards so 
depending on how it goes. I mean, there are two aspects up to it. It's not just grabbing them up inside of the neck. Um, it is grabbing them and pulling them backwards, that yanking motion. Or at least that is the concept of the rule. That's what they're trying to take out of the game. So, uh, I mean, I, I didn't see it, but from the conversation we had off air and then on air that isn't getting aired, um, and then now, uh, it, it doesn't really sound like that. That's what happens. So, uh, it, there is an aspect to it that is the motion, grabbing somebody up high and yanking them backwards. But if you're just grabbing them by the jersey, by the sh- outside of the shoulder pad, something like that, I, I, I don't think that is um, the concept of the rule. Now, how it's actually written in the rule book, I'm not entirely sure, but it, it doesn't sound like that should have been a horse collar. Yeah. Um, definitely not, you know, didn't look like a good flag. Fans were giving them the business. I think it's the loudest that the fans got all night. Always good to hear everybody involved, like letting the refs know that they're doing a God awful job. Um, and it was started early and it was often for most of the night. Um, kind of on that same subject too. Like we had a pretty good crowd, especially for a week 11 game. Yeah. Had a lot to do with the opponent, I'm sure, but we had, uh, you know, big crowd, rowdy crowd, and it's always good to see for Maslin playoff football. A uh, couple other things, just, you know, they were bad spots all night long. It would be, you know, both uh, either side judge running with the spot, white hat or whoever else is spotting it, you know, gets it, sets it down. You could, like, see him kind of put it up farther than either one of the two were spotting the ball. Uh, I think that had a lot to do with their, you know, they had a lot of, uh, you know, for what second, third shorts to go. And I think the refs helped them out with that a lot. Uh, there was a, during a stoppage of play, Moore was having a one-on-one conversation with one of the referees. It didn't seem like it was getting that heated at all. Neither one, it just looked like a conversation between a coach and a ref. And the ref walks away, throws a flag on Moore. And, you know, you don't know what was said during that conversation. There are certain things that coaches can say that will get that personal foul. But Moore has, you know, not that I can remember off the top of my head, ever been a guy to get that stuff called on him. So I think that was just one more thing of the refs just, you know, very clearly not favoring Maslin all night long. Um... The last thing about the refs that's going to parlay into our next topic of conversation is that Perry was playing dirty and very dirty all night long, uh, and not a single flag was thrown on them for it. And you could see, I mean, late hits, you know, stuff that could, when you're really looking at it with a fine tooth comb, you could say like some would be ticky tack or not, but it's happening all game long. And it's not even that stuff. It was there was a clip going around on Twitter of uh, number twelve, our Obi backer was sitting on the ground. That one of the Perry's linemen was chasing down the play. You could see he very clearly went out of his way to step on 12's leg and then finish chasing it down. Um, he then on the Twitter thread of the video that was going around gave a a generic athlete apology of. Yeah, there's you know the, no place in the game for this yada 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 I I'm sorry I won't do it again it, 
an athlete apology, it's it's fine. Then he followed it up with, oh, the guy said something to me. Um, and I was retaliating for that, which, if you're going to retaliate for something a guy said, like, do it in the moment, like, start a fight over it. That's understandable. If you sit on it and then, oh, I'm going to go step on this guy's leg, that's bullshit. Then he deleted both of those things the next day and said, oh, I was just chasing down the play and he happened to be there. Um, not to pick on the kid, but it you know very kind of clearly shows, hey, he did it on purpose and now he's just backtracking. And other guys were doing that stuff all night long. Um, you said in the conversation that unfortunately is not going to be able to go up because all the audio is shit, that... You got a couple other clips of guys doing, you know, real dirty plays, late hits, hitting guys that weren't even close to the play. Just kind of indicative of the entirety of Perry Athletics whenever they play Maslin. Um, There's an old coaching adage, you know, you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. And it's not just one bad apple ruining the bunch. It seemed like the entire Perry team was going out of their way to do dirty shit like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, like you said, I, I, I saw a few clips. I didn't really see any of the game. I didn't see any highlights of the game. I just saw like some random clips of those type of things, the the late hits, the going out of your way to hit somebody that's not in the play. Um, obviously, the video that went around Twitter and Facebook all over the place, uh, I saw all of those. So, and, I mean, that's just kind of uh, the reputation that we've had with Perry for a while now so there have been plenty of instances with them where it's just kind of like dirty crossing the line kind of stuff uh and you know there's an aspect to it that you know we are neighbors they're you know i'm I'm sure they really don't like us very much um so i mean that's gonna go with it but like what you said on the unusable audio it's like mckinley their big rival and like we we don't like each other, but it, it seems like there's a respect. You, you never really there's not really lines being crossed too much, not like noticeable like this. Um, so like this is one instance. You know, you had the one a couple years ago where uh, there was things being said and displayed by Perry students and Perry coaching staff about our kids, uh, which turned into quite the ordeal. And then if you go back like 10 years ago, maybe not quite that long, eight, nine years ago, um, they were in the news for how they were mocking and portraying some of Maslin's cheerleaders. Uh, so, I mean, it's just it's just an ongoing theme with them. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's, the, that's just who they are or, you know, how they're going to show lack of respect for us. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not like, it's not like we like them. They're not, you know, we're not buddy buddy with them. They're a team that is close to us, and we want to beat them. But I, I we don't put that much effort into thinking about them like that. Yeah. Um. And definitely, at least publicly, there haven't been the incidents started by us going towards them that they have going towards us. So it's not a great representation of who they are. But it's been repetitive. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can boil it down to there's one scene off of, I think it was Mad Men. Two dudes are sitting in the elevator, and the one guy's like, I worry about you. And the other guy says, I don't think about you at all. Yeah. 
And that's pretty much how their relationship is. You know, they are, like you said, they're a neighbor. It would be a cool game to have year in, year out. But if they're going to be playing like that, then I, I want no business with them. We just keep smacking them around. They're obviously not happy with it. That sucks. Be better, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but to get to the actual, the actual game itself was pretty much a blowout start to finish. Uh, Perry won the coin toss, deferred it to the second half, which I'm still – it's very antithetical to what you would think of as a wing T team. They – you know, any team that's running that offense is going to try and be a ball control offense, get up on you early, and then make you try and chase points the entire game while they have the ball for most of it. Uh, so to see them defer to the second half and give us the first crack at it, very weird. I don't know what the plan of attack was with that, but we got the ball and right off rip started putting points on them. First play of the game, we uh, ran this concept that we have had success with them in the past and pretty much only exclusively run against them. Uh, just basically two receivers, outside guy runs a deep post, inside guy runs like a deep sit route right at the free safety. Pretty much your high low in the safety, make them either help out on the post or that deep sit's just going to be there all night. Um, safety came up on the sit, and Banks just blew by the defender on the post. Six points Maslin. We kick it back to them, force them to punt, get the ball back, and again, first first play of that possession, try and take another deep shot. Uh, we ran, I think it was a post wheel that time. Protection didn't hold up. We, we take a sack, couldn't get much else going. And then go into our first and only punt of the night. After that, we never had to punt. We never had to kick a field goal. Never turned the ball over. Just every possession for us from there ended in a tutty. Defensively, I mean, we shut down the wing tee like we have always done since Coach McConnell got here. Held them to, let's see here, uh, did some quick math and taking away the one run that they had against our second teamers their only score of the night they had 43 carries for 121 yards at a very not great 2.8 yards per carry their quarterback he completed his first two passes then didn't complete another one all night he finished two for 10 with two interceptions and 24 yards and two sacks not great Third down, uh, another stat I like to look at. I think a lot of stats you can kind of ignore. They don't really tell you much, but third down, how well do you do as an offense of keeping the chains moving and defense, you know, how well can you stop them, get the ball back? And you can kind of split it up into areas of, you know, third and short, third and medium, third and extra long. So third and one to five, uh, we were two for two on the night while Perry was only two for four. Third and six to ten, we were one for one, while Perry was four for five. Not great, but they came out, uh, looked like they debuted an empty formation for the quarterback. Come out, you know, uh, two by two, four wide wide receivers with a fullback in there, and seemed like they had a pretty good play venue out of that set. They found some success with it early. Uh, first play that they came out with, it looked like our guys were scrambling just based on how the defense reacted to it of like very late getting to our basic empty personnel check. Um, it seemed like Perry never showed that before. 
So good job on our defense of seeing it, recognizing it, adjusting to it, and then throughout the rest of the game, adjusting and kind of shutting it down. So that's where they kind of found some success because it seemed like their third and longs, that's kind of what they went to. And then third and 11 plus, something you'd never want to be a spot in as a wing tee, they were 0 for 5. So on the field itself, we shut them down. Um, like you said, you know, you picked what? You picked us one by 42? Yeah. So, And if it weren't for a missed PAT, that's exactly what it would have been. Um, I really don't have much else on that. It They dominated time possession. They had the ball for like 30 minutes to our 17-43. We only had the ball for two to three minutes through the first three quarters. And then uh, – just held on to the rock the entire rest of the way in the fourth, mostly because of the running clock as well. Um, so that's all I got for the Perry game. Uh, with that, we can get into some film room right after we shout out our <clears throat> sponsor here on the podcast, Ground Zero MMA. If you're looking for any sort of uh, boxing or fighting gym, you can go ahead and check them out down at 133 First Street Northeast right across the street from Massive Transmission, Chloe's Diner. Uh, they offer a lot of stuff, MMA, boxing, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, yoga, private one-on-one lessons. If it's something you want to get your kids into as well, that they have uh, stuff for kids, you can go down in person or check them out online at GroundZeroMMA.com, Ground Zero Mass and Martial Arts on Facebook, or GZ underscore MMA on Instagram. So with that, we'll get in some film room, let you watch a little bit of the game, and then keep her moving. Sounds good. All right, so getting into a little film room action here. First up we got is a cell phone video that our buddy Matt got from the stands. I like this one just because you can really see the push our offensive line gets. Uh, you'll see the fullback motion over the other side. We'll just run a basic inside zone play. Trell bounces it for six, but just watch where the line of scrimmage starts here at the you know, 19 yard line and by the time Trell bounces it outside we've pushed the entire Perry defense back to about the 16 So, like, you can just see right there, the entire, you know, Perry front seven has been pushed back three, four yards off the ball. And I think that really just tells the story of what happened pretty much all night. Yeah. You see how they, uh, at first I thought it was just one kid, but then after they shifted, <clears throat> they have their three-tech lineup further off the line than all the others. Yeah. I thought it was just the one. But then when they motioned over, mm-hmm. they uh, end up shifting. So the guy that is off the ball now, he ends up getting closer. And the other defensive tackle ends up bumping back. Yeah. So, so you know, something to that of why you want your defensive <coughs> tackle playing off a little bit more. And that was something they did pretty much all night to our fullback motion was uh, stemming the front. You know, changing who you're... So... Guy motions over, and then the one tech 
down to the bottom here, bumps over to a three-tech and gets another yard or two off the ball. Three-tech bumps down to a one-tech. And all the back of the just But here, Trail just does a good job. Slow playing it. Alright, what am I watching? It's free safety that wants absolutely nothing to do with tackling Trail. Honestly, I mean... I don't want to pick on anybody, but it looks like a midget week game where the kid didn't know he was supposed to tackle him. He just runs around. Yeah. Look at number one up here. Just, oh, hi. Hello. I don't, uh, I don't know. I, uh, all right. He's just like following him. At no point in time did he ever even think about tackling. Yeah. That's um, not great. Get his arms down around his side. Yeah, one and no part of trail. One and no part of being in that play whatsoever. And that's kind of like you know what we've seen from Clips going into this game. Like when they're playing, you know, Clips against McKinley, they just let them run around on special teams. Mm -hmm. I know that's like the only success McKinley had against Perry was somehow it was just returning kicks. But you saw this kind of stuff. Guys just running around and Perry defenders wanted nothing to do with it. I mean, could you imagine if like Coach Hack was? One of their coaches? Oh God, he would have, he would have dropped dead from the years, years ago. Well, they would, yeah, wouldn't have that. But like, ah, um, I just, I'm just gonna put it this way: if the very bottom of our roster, if one of our kids went out there and did that, that type of effort right there, Coach Hack would go to whatever the line is of being legal and ethical because he would never cross that but he would find that line and our kid would never do that again <laughs> yeah no might not ever play football again no, but like uh, I, I know he'll never play the mass line again that's that's not a talent thing you can just see that he does not want to be part of that yeah. he doesn't want to go make a tackle That's that's it. I, I try not to pick up kids, but that, that's an effort thing. Yeah. Maybe not even effort as much as just like mentally not. Like, like, it's like a business decision without. Yeah. I mean, this is still early on in the game. This is only the second quarter. Yeah, I mean, I figured like based on how it was going, this wasn't like they had extra kids at the game of the game. No. This was just. These are starters. I'm sorry. Yeah, well. I was going to talk about how Charles did a good job, like, reading this, setting it up, and bouncing it, but I, I don't yeah. I can't stop watching it now. I know, it's so bad. <laughs> so bad. It's so horrible. I mean, I guess the bright side for him is since they lost it, film the next day. The entire team doesn't have to sit and watch that. I couldn't imagine sitting through a film and like having one of my teammates. I don't know. Maybe it's just how they do things over there. I mean, they're not held accountable quite as much. I mean, I know, like, you know, Coach Hack is a different breed. Our safeties are, you know, by the book, technical, held accountable since the day they turned 12. Yeah. Right? So everything is, you know, we're watching you. you got to put an effort. Especially like coming up and tackling, that's like a huge hack pet peeve right there. You know, you gotta come up, you gotta have effort, you gotta be willing to tackle. And uh, yeah, that kid wouldn't last a day. Coach Hack's practices, I don't think. 
Or maybe this is one bad play. I don't know. I don't know, kid. Actually, I don't think... Maybe they were trying to let us score, and we were just... Maybe not. Yeah, you know, let them score with the ball. That's a strategy. Yeah. side and all the coaches stand back and like that, that's that's where the pull a he pull a Tom McDaniels where he just stops showing up to our practices. Yeah. I mean the coach McDaniels credit I think that was more the Jason Hall thing than the thing. Anyway, moving along. But yeah, great push by offensive line, and you know, like if Perry has any chance against us or really any quality opponent out there, um, it's gonna be because they're strong in the trenches. Yeah, and that kind of showed that they not so strong in the trenches. Uh, so that that's just immediate disqualification. Yeah, if you can't like hang with us in the trenches, that's your one chance. Yep, because like you're gonna get thrown on. Right, but if you can run the ball and kind of stop the run, like you got a chance. But if you're just getting blown back like that, then yeah, this is exactly what's gonna happen. Yeah. So with that play right there, we'll get into some more trout highlights. Had himself another game, another hundred yard game. Hasn't had one game this season under a hundo. Uh, I think that's a mass on record at this point. No. Let me go check real quick. I, I, you I have the internet. Yeah, but. <laughs> obscure football references for 200 alex you know that the website has that shit on there so i know they have they probably have way too much on there which is would make it even harder to find <laughs> yeah you know most touchdowns scored in one game while wearing one high ankle sock one low ankle sock both same colored one multicolored while the temperature was lower than 74 degrees on a tuesday Oh, on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. I want to see that record. That was in there. All right. That's a great run. But that's why, like, Jameer Thomas has, like, 157 different mass on records because of stuff like that. Yeah. That's the same play, just from the high angle. Just really appreciate the lack of effort by certain free safeties. Little counteraction. We ran that a bunch on them during this game. Hasn't been a play we've really needed to lean on, but <clears throat> still uh, good to see we got a lot of runs in the playbook and that we can go to when we need them. Bonk. I love the fact that Trell just subtly runs kids over every week and it doesn't really get talked about. Like in pass pro or in general? In general. Uh, I mean, he, he just flat out runs people over. And like that, I feel like that's a part of the game that doesn't get talked about that much. Like you yeah. see the you see the big runs, you see the total yards at the end of the game. But yeah, once a game, he just squares a kid up and runs him over. 
Like that? Kind of spun off it a little bit, but yeah. yeah. There was the one for the touchdown where he just ran right through the kid. You mean like that? Kind of. It's not squared up. He's definitely He definitely does lower shoulder. He goes through guys. That's... Mm-hmm. Um, hey, the human body enjoys contact. Mm-hmm. So this one you're talking about? No, it was the the touchdown run, Hank. Oh, oh yeah, this he gets knocked out at, down close. Yeah, probably this one here. Oh yeah, that one. He just takes a defender on square and just goes through him. Wins the battle. Mm-hmm. Schwack. Hard to see on that one, but I love the finish he has on his pass pro rep. Like, he hits, and then a lot of running backs would just call out a day, but he gets him in, squares him up, and they're like, yeah. yeah, we're not done here, Bubba. Yeah. So... Moving on to the next one, we got a little Andre Jones action here. Is that center right now? Yep. Okay. It's a, we had beautiful pass. That was the first play of the game, just beautiful pass protection on it. You could see them uh, stem in the front, and he just doesn't give that nose guard anywhere to go. Yeah, I really like uh, Zach Collins, who runs the stop route. As soon as he sees that the ball's not going to him, mm-hmm. all right, touchdown. Hands in the air, touchdown. <laughs> not even turned around yet. Just, yeah. all right, well, if the ball's not going to me, it means it's going to the post over top. Like you said, I mean, this is a play we have drawn up for, you know, kind of parry, a kind of the, you know, weak cover three. Yep. Uh, so it's like, oh, you're throwing it over my head. That's a touchdown. And it was. I didn't even notice that one. Yep, just that touchdown. <laughs> Okay. Oh, there's a... Jones looks good. Yeah, try lowering the boom again on that one. Mm-hmm. Not again, same play, but you get it. Twack. Nice to see Jones out there. Oh, yeah. Um, Point solid. Add some extra size and tenacity, strength to the line. One of those players that we saw a little bit as a sophomore hmm. and has just been battling injury after injury after injury ever since then. So I don't think he really played very much at all last year. Uh, I think he came back a little bit at the end of the season, if I remember correctly, but I think he missed most of the year. Um, this year he missed like the entire off season, missed the first couple of games. And I mean, honestly, he's probably still like just kind of coming back into form yeah. after missing the entire offseason. Uh, I imagine that is that is a recovery period. Quite a bit. But like you said, good to see him coming out there, playing aggressive with a lot of, uh, I like that word for an offensive lineman, a lot of tenacity. Tenacity. See, I think that's something you a lot of people miss. You know, they, they, they judge how strong you are, you know, how well you can, you know, pass that, your, your footwork. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to go out there and tell your lineman it is fourth and one. I need you to push the guy in front of you backwards. You have to. 
I need you to go out there and hit somebody. All right? I feel like too many times linemen are passive, and that may be part of just how football is now. There's a lot more passing, not mm. um, as much running. So was it uh, – which guest was telling us about that? Was that Uncle Joe? Was talking about how they like to see – more the runs the linemen like to see runs because there's something about moving forward there's something about pushing guys that make linemen feel good rather than retreating Mm -hmm. there's that mental aspect to it of we're gonna move forward we're going to attack we're gonna be the ones pushing people around you're not just here to be a a wall yeah it's you're being the aggressor you're the one attacking on defense it's or on pass pro you're basically playing defense you're sitting mm -hmm. back and Yep. You're, at the end of the day, essentially trying to be a speed bump to the quarterback. Yep. So it, it is nice when you can have those linemen that can go out there and do that. You know, it's not just – sometimes it's not X's and O's. It's not the technicalities of the game. It's very simple. There's a guy lined up across from you. Can you push him out of the way? Mm-hmm. Or can you physically do it? Are you nasty enough to do it? it, it you got to be nasty down there. you got to stay within the rules. You have to – you have to have good footwork. You have to have, you know, you got a technique and everything. But at the end of the day, you have to push the guy away from where he wants to go. Some tenacity. Well, tenacity. So here we got. Uh, I didn't notice this during the, not until much later during the game, but we were missing Pringle for Perry. Okay. Uh, don't know what happened, injury or whatever, not going to sit around, question it or whatever. Next man up, we'll uh, see what happens this Friday if we get Pringle or not. But here we got his fill-in, Robinson. Okay. And he came out here and had himself a game. Okay. just love how often our linebackers can scrape over cleanly. Mm-hmm. Our defensive line does such a good job at keeping the linebackers clean. They're so good. That's such an underrated thing about the, what makes a good linebacker or not is how good their defensive line is. Mm-hmm. And when you got dudes in front of you keeping you clean, it's so easy to play line. Relatively easy to play linebacker in that situation. Yep. So here you can see a little bit of Perry's empty stuff. Love the fact that he will let you know where he is every snap on his highlights. Yeah. I feel like most of them do. He's just using the different highlight features on there. Instead of just like the circle that pops up around him real quick, like a you know, a Madden game. Mm-hmm. He has the big bold scribbly line stuff. Which on Huddle they have a bunch of different features, but I I think we've we haven't really seen this one as much. All right, this one, I got to give a shout-out to my boy, Big Mike up the middle here. 
because he is just in there the second that ball is moved. I mean, quarterback can barely get the handoff on that one. Yeah. All right. So that's all we got for individual player highlights. Uh, next up, we got the just quick recap of the Perry game. Okay. First up, we got the uh, right off rip, the tutty. Referee doing a better job playing defense than the corner did. Yep, just let Banks go one-on-one. Yep. So this interception was such a ball-don't-lie moment. This was the one where we got a bad, like, late-hit penalty. This was the one where the horse collar tackle happened and then come up third and nine. All right, what are we going to do? Interception. Yep. Weeb's coming up and snagging that out route. Yep, playing... Uh, Weaving the... Basically playing the quarters variation of cover two, where he sees that number two coming out, dives on it, QB just throws lollipops, so... I mean, he's playing the ball, but yeah. He's not jumping the route. No, you're leveraging the route, but... I mean, he's re- he's on. responsible for that fade. He's re- so depending on the call, depending on what the actual defensive call is, whether it's base quarters, which then he'd be responsible for the fade, or if it's called it palms, which is quarters version of cover two, you're passing that fade off to who? The safety. The safety that's also jumping this out. Uh, he's playing two on a string. That's bad. That's not a great rep for the safety then. Okay. I'd rather say that Weeps saw the pass in front of him and jumps it. I mean, hey, could be a phenomenal play by Leibs. Could be bad safety play. And just Leibs doing his job. I didn't realize how many play how many times this play would come up in the highlights. Just a quick little smash route. That boy doesn't want to go down. Good job by Trell, just slow playing it, letting the block develop in front of him, finding that hole. Oh, yeah, the uh, old bubble double pass. This is one of those, it's, like, this is why I like to look at formations. Like, okay, because the formation is going to tell you what an offense is trying to do. And when you go trips, one guy's going to be up on the line, two guys are going to be off. Usually, the off guys are going to be about a yard off. So, when you see the number three receiver back almost to running back depth, Mm -hmm. alarm bells start going off here. 
Good job getting depth by him. Making sure it's a lateral by the quarterback. Man, that's hard to watch. Uh, I like the fact that the camera zoomed out enough that you can see everything. Yeah. I just wish they, the camera operator realized that it's zoomed out and you don't have to really move it that much. Yeah. They're like flicking the camera up really quick to try to follow the ball and it didn't need to. Makes it really jerky. You could kind of like let this play out without even moving the camera. Yeah. But, you know, one step at a time. Another INT. Might have been their only drop back all night. Everything else seemed kind of either rollouts or boots. Ill-advised to throw four verts into cover four. Especially with a quarterback that has a lollipop for an arm. Yeah. This is towards the end of the game. Back up, running back in. Obviously, you can see the uh, stats don't quite match. But you got the stuff that's important. So, any more thoughts on the game after seeing a little bit of film on them? No. All right. That's kind of what I expected. Yeah. I guess with that, we can put it to bed. And keep her moving on to Canal Winchester. Uh, got three of their last games. Just huddle game recaps we can watch, see a little bit of before we get into the preview of them. So let's get her moving. It's Westerville South, a uh, known commodity to us in the playoffs. Just a little screen pass there. That's something they're very big on. Not much of a passing game, but they really get their money's worth out of those halfback screens. Two-back set. They like to run that a lot. This one's a tough look. Open field like that, you know, you're thinking six and just get hawked from behind. Yeah, well, that running back's got to be like 235. <laughs> He's a big boy. Yeah. They will run the quarterback quite a bit. Pretty good rep for number 78. It's a right guard, probably. Just pull around, haul ass around that corner, and get in the open field and block a guy. Very good rep. He's a big boy. Good job connecting on the scramble drill. Uh, that's our favorite play right there, draw. It's on first down. It's only a bad play when it's third and 15. 
Yeah. Every time. <clears throat> so, depending on how correct this is, you can see 66 passing yards, which about 45 of that came on that halfback screen we saw. Yeah, I don't put much faith at all into the huddle stats, but it can usually give you an idea of which direction it is. Like, oh, they're a running team. Yeah. The stats, I, I'm not looking at the actual like numbers, but... Yes, it seems way more running than passing. Yeah. And if this is even close to correct, 5 for 12 on third down with three turnovers, less than ideal. Yeah. But uh, 1 for 9 on third ain't great either. So. Yeah. I mean, for context, Westerville is a much higher-ranked team. Mm-hmm. I think they're like third in our region. Are they? I just looked at it a couple hours ago and... Um, oops, that's the wrong button. But yeah, I mean, I kind of figured that they won. Yeah, Westerville's third, third yeah. team in our region. Uh, so I mean, they're probably a pretty, they're a decent team. Mm-hmm. They beat you know, like Green last week. That <laughs> uh, all right? No, West Kilbourne. Yeah. Um, where uh, West Kilbourne is? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. That's a that's a tougher opponent comparatively. So, but yeah, big running team so far. What we've seen. So, what else you got? There we go. Big walnut. Little quarterback draw action, third and ten. Another dangerous play for him. Quarterback's a decent runner with the ball in his hands. Yeah, he's got a little bit of speed. A little bit of power, too. Get into that mess. Turn that scrum into a tutty. I feel like that's gonna end up getting. That's either like a really good job by their offensive line, or they're gonna get in really big trouble one of these times. What's that? I've noticed multiple times their linemen are communicating, um, basically what how they're gonna be blocking. Mm-hmm. I think with the running back, it's like on this rep, the right tackle looks back. Um, must have been before that earlier. On an earlier play, I saw it happen where, um, play before this maybe, I don't know. Um, I noticed where they were doing that also. Lyman was turning around and like kind of communicating. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the plus one, like, hey, we were. Yeah. So I, I just wonder, you know, if you start showing them different looks or if you stunt or something, like, is that going to confuse them get a guy free pretty quick yeah if it's like the hey you know if you're yelling back at the running back like hey you got to get this guy off the edge that's unblocked right now yeah 
and then you stunt out of that, like, is that going to completely mess up what they're doing? It's one of those things where they're either probably coached really well, mm-hmm. or, like, it's going to be super easy to mess with what they're doing. I don't know. I think we'll get into it with the preview, but I think it's more the latter. I guess we'll find out. See, with only four guys on the line, there's nothing to communicate, but... yeah. Yeah, find another one where they have a guy walked up. This one's rough. Third and one from the nine. You give up a touchdown on QB sneak. QB sneak's underrated, man. Yeah. You Unbelievable. Get, you get some bullies in there that can just push the defense back. Because the defensive line is pretty much selling out for the immediate. Yeah. You know, they're only playing that play for two seconds. If you can last, you know, if you can get a push on them. Corey Howard. So here we get the top three offensive players. 100% for 16 yards. That's one way to do it, I guess. See, pretty even split between the two running backs. You know, 16 and 11. Dancing around six yards per carry for each of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. The quarterback. One for one, 16 <laughs> yards. I mean, he ran the ball, which doesn't account for this. Like, that that's yeah. kind of the thing where it's the, all this automated huddle stuff, like, isn't great, but... It is the number one resource for seeing film of high school teams and players. Yep. Again, third for seven ain't great. Or three for seven on third down ain't great. But if you can squeak out a win, squeak it out. Last one we got. This was just what, last week. Yep. Dude's a big boy. Got to be able to tackle on Friday night. Although I haven't seen anything from our defense that would make me worry that we'd ever show something like that. Can you start that one over? Let's pause on this before. Okay. Yeah, I, I see that he is bumping over, but... Holy B and C gap, Batman. <laughs> yeah. Good golly. I wonder where they're running it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess if that if he's going to play outside the tight end like that, mm-hmm. that's you're leaving yourself quite the gap. The defense line jumped on back-to-back plays via highlight tape. They got fumbles on both of them. Yep. Just like they drew it up. Quarterback just takes himself. Makes a couple dudes miss. That's six right there. It's rough when you got two guys laying on the ground like that. After, like, during an interception return. 
just I have no cause to get up. I'm not chasing this down. Nothing's happening. Not a whole lot of highlights out there, but nah. got a little bit of a look at them. You can see they like to run the ball, though. <coughs> That's fine with me. Yeah. Quarterback gets it again. It's probably that cool 7.8 yards per carry. And the tutty. One passing yard. Yeah, so. I mean, that would be nice. Just go out there and sell out against the run, essentially. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. That's a, I mean, that's the type of team I'd rather play. Yeah. Obviously, you would like playing teams that are one-dimensional. But if I had to pick one style, it would be the team that runs. Right. Yeah, just because our front seven is so good. So, so good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, once again, you know, a team's playing right into our strength. Um, I mean, having the quarterback run is another, like, wrinkle aspect to it. Mm-hmm. I don't recall, like, you know, having too many teams run quarterback against us. Like, I know McKinley did it throughout the season. But it's not like we saw a bunch of that against us or success against us with it, really. So, I mean, that is like one more kind of wrinkle you got to account for. Gives them a plus one. But with how little they pass, I, I wouldn't. I don't think we're just going to sit back in a, a deep shell. Yeah. So. See, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. I like watching. Uh, I like watching our team, our defense you know, have games against the run like that. So mm-hmm. um, I think it leaves a lot of opportunities for the crowd to get into it as well because you're going to have a lot of third downs. Um, you're going to have third and shorts. Uh, you stop them on first and second down. It's going to be a huge third down because it's a team that doesn't like having third and longs. Nobody likes having third and longs, but teams like yeah. this, teams like Perry, they're, they're not going to like third and eight, third and seven. So you stop them first and second, like the crowd can get into it, put a little bit of pressure on them. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so with that, uh, we'll get out of film room, get into a little bit deeper dive in the preview for Canal Winchester, and then uh, keep removed from there. Yes, sir. All right, so this Friday night, last home game in Paul Brown Tiger Stadium, Maslin is taking on the Canal Winchester Guardians. Currently sitting at seven and four, although of note, looking at their schedule, they are two and three against teams above five hundred. I think the last ones, so the last few games, uh, let me see here that we watched against a ten and one Westerville South, they lost thirty-five to twenty against Big Walnut in the Week Ten game, who's currently nine and two. They won that one twenty-one fourteen and. Columbus Independence, who was seven and three, they won that one twenty-three to six. Just as a quick, you know, primer on what they like to do, they, like we could see, really like to run the ball um, out of two back sets, a little bit of under center stuff, but it's not quite as 
wing T as we saw last week with Perry. Um, let me see here. They're about 70% run team. They do 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 quarterback sitting at a nice cool 34% completion percentage with about 45 yards per game. Uh, a lot of that coming off of the halfback screens that we saw them turn the big one into. That seemed like a it seemed like a pretty good play for them. Uh, da, 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 da. Defensively, kind of like Perry, they play that 4-4 cover 3, but they do like to blitz about 45% of the time. So they like to bring a little more heat than Perry did. Um, but it's not going to be the first team that we've seen that like to heat up the offense. So with that, Rob, you want to tell us a little bit about some specific personnel? Sure. Their offensive line is uh, pretty decently sized. They have four seniors and one junior. They go 6'4", 280, 5'11", 225. 63285 6 foot 270 64 270 so um besides their left guard everyone is over 6 foot and 270 uh so pretty decent offensive line if you go into like their actual skill set as well um let me see here if anything else kind of stands out between them i mean we just watched. Uh, we saw some good reps from some of their offense lines. You see them get a good push. They have good size, so mm-hmm. uh, that that definitely is the strength of, of their offense right there. Uh, obviously, they like to run the ball. So uh, let's see. Their quarterback is five ten one eighty. Uh, you know, we saw him running it. We saw him try to pass a little bit. Uh, we we talked about the numbers. Obviously, not an amazing thrower but he can run that adds an extra dimension to that offense yep uh let's see here running backs so they have Corey howard listed at 59185 now i'd like i would be interested to go back to that first film of them we watched where the guy got chased down from behind because in the whoever field. that guy was was not 185 no Either that or he was wearing Herschel Walker's pads because um, <laughs> that guy was bigger than 185. He's a sophomore, so you know maybe he was 185 in the spring. <laughs> Youngin. Um, the other running back that gets talked about, Kasim Way, they have him at 5'9", 200. So uh, let me see here. I would be willing to bet that that was the kid that got caught in the open field. Yeah, I thought he was wearing the 30-something jersey, which I guess does happen. There's another guy. Um, they have him listed as a tight end, number 32, 5'11", 225 as a sophomore. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. The, the one running back looked like a bigger style yeah. running back, Looks right? Like a big boy. Yeah. So, I, you know, you can't always trust the numbers. Um, or, you know, maybe you just... The defenders he was going against weren't very big. I don't know. So let's see. The receivers, not much to talk about here. Uh, their number one target, Carson Martino, 5'11", 150. But they don't really throw the ball that much. So you know they're going to be out there to block. Maybe the occasional pass. But for the team that averages 40 yards a game passing, and mm-hmm. that includes their screens, 
not a huge factor in the game. It's mostly going to be that large offensive line, uh, a couple of different running backs, and then that quarterback that will run it as well. When it comes to their defense, uh, their defensive line goes 6'2", 255, 6'285", 5'11", 245, 6'1", 215. So not a bad size defensive line there. Uh, they um, also have some other guys that will rotate in, it looks like, that I, have decent size. I do want to make a note on number 44, the first guy you listed, mm-hmm. Devontae Courtney. Uh, and Booster Club, the comp that Coach Moore made to him was <clears throat> our very own Mike Wright. Really good get-off, really okay. strong. So as a guy that plays on the end rather than the interior, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our kids have seen Mike Wright in practice before, but it's going to be a different position than they're used to seeing that speed come from. Yeah, I saw a couple of clips of him um yeah, coming off that edge, uh, got right into the tackle, tried pushing him back. So, yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, strong get off, really explosive. Uh, let's see here, linebackers, five eight one seventy five, six foot two ten, six foot two fifteen. Good size out there in the middle. Five eleven one ninety. So not a horribly sized group of kids there. Um. Let's see here. They're active, downhill players, physical. Uh, seems like that's just kind of their style of play there. You know, they're a very run-oriented, stop-the-run mm-hmm. right there kind of concept. Uh, let's go to their safeties next. Six foot one sixties. That's kind of how how they have it listed. Just that one safety, free yeah, safety. Weak safety is another guy that's six foot one sixty. Uh, with he, that four four cover three, you're he's only trotting one of out. the one of the corners. Yeah. yeah, you're only trotting out one safety to begin with. Mm-hmm. So let me see here. If they do go to too high, they end up moving one of the corners to safety. So six foot one sixty, realm in the middle. Their corner six foot one fifty, six foot one sixty. So and then that other corner they would bring in if they go too high is five ten one fifty. So not a whole lot of size mm-hmm. in the secondary. So interesting matchup for them against us uh it it is that you know cover three like hank said so they can play off a little bit more read everything in front of them but at the end of the day you you still find one-on-ones yeah uh just conceptually you're going to find those matchups so uh it looks like you know banks is going to have a height advantage over them but then in general like they just they're not a huge secondary either yeah let me see here uh mostly plays off press yeah so, I mean, it looks like they do press a little bit. So, I mean, that cover three might end up walking down and kind of manning on a little bit. Turn into a bit of a cover one yeah. situation. So, uh, <clears throat> they will mix it up a little bit. You know, it says they go too high, but I, I don't know how much they go too high. Yeah. Uh, so, it might be another one of those situations similar. It's like Perry's style of defense, but with different personnel. Uh, so, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. You, you might see shades of a Perry-esque game. Mm-hmm. Just from the style, the game flow, um, but the the personnel are, are definitely going to be different. Uh, they have a Canal Winchester has a good sized line. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they looked good on tape. See if they can really put it together. Uh, that is one thing that I'm going to be looking for this week to see is if I can notice any of that communication that they're doing. Yeah, visual communication that we can see their line kind of talking or pointing things out 
and if so if they ever miss assignments Mm -hmm. because if that is part of their blocking scheme if they're pointing things out that's kind of like a premeditated you know before the snap thing and i think if you shift it up on them if you stunt on them like they might end up missing something that way so uh i I guess we'll see i i don't know i mean i've seen lines that they communicate and it's a really good thing Mm -hmm. that's how they make sure everything's covered or they might be communicating and it is even it's actually worse for them (laughs) for it i will see but uh they're going right in the strength of our defense uh, so it's going to be a fun, you know, grind it out battle up front of the trenches. And I mean, I know Black Swarm's up for it. So let's see if uh, Canal Winchester Football Club is ready to come up here and uh, take on that battle as well. Yeah. So uh, with that, that's about all we got for the uh, Canal Winchester I-Words. Um, we can keep moving right along. We got some spread action this week, don't we, Rob? Uh, I believe we do. All right, so let's get let's into that. Let's see here. Boom, boom, boom. All righty, 16 games on the docket. Uh, the first one is an interesting one. Here, we got Bookdoll at Northwest. Ooh. Who is favored by two and a half. Northwest is. Northwest at home, minus two and a half. I like Northwest. I think I'm going to go with Bookdale. Ah, I, I mean, they got speed, but it might be about all they got. So I know that when we scrimmaged them, we were a completely different team. We were still trying to just put things together on a shortened summer practice schedule with a young team. But Bookdale played us really tough in that scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And I think the personnel that Bookdale can run out there mm-hmm. might be just something that Northwest isn't super used to so that's one of those things i kind of look at um northwest has had ups and downs this year i haven't got like a great feel for them as a team uh i know remarks over there and has some good things going for him uh so we'll see but i i think Bookdale might be able to just i mean they look decent against us physically so i think maybe their speed might be a little bit too much might be just enough that it catches northwest off guard yeah all right. We have Fairless going to, it just says Perry, Ohio. <laughs> um, so, you know, the other the Perry. Other Perry. The, yeah, the better. Uh, so, Fairless <laughs> going to Perry, and Perry, not Maslin Perry, is favored by 26 and a half. Whew. You know, I was going to ask, like, oh, my God, Fairless is still in the playoffs. And then you give me that spread, like, yeah, that sounds about right. Um. Uh, that's a big number to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take Fairless to cover. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I'll go Fairless, too. Uh, Central Catholic is favored by two and a half, traveling to Mogador. Mogador. Don't know anything about Mogador um, besides the fact that it's kind of fun to say. Yeah. So I think I will take the Crusaders over Mogador. Okay. St. Xavier... Is going to Moeller. Oh. And Moeller's favored by 13 and a half. Wow. Um, X is kind of down this year, aren't they? Comparatively. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> they're not, like, they're not world beaters this year. Yeah. But I don't know if they really have been consistently world beaters for a while, so. Fair enough. Um, 
I'll take Moe. It's weird what happens when some of these other schools start picking up. The other ones step down. You know, yeah. Moeller's been great for a couple of years. LaSalle's been doing their thing. Wynn Woods is an on things. Um, all right. So, uh, who did you take? Mo. Yeah, me too. Okay, Jackson is traveling to St. Ed's. Oh, God. Get the Hammerheads. I don't need to hear the number Hammerheads. Would you like to hear the number? Yeah, why not? 35 and a half. 35 and a half. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, yeah, I'm still hammering Eds. 35 and a half is a lot of points. If I was putting money on it, I'd like to maybe tease it a little bit. They get scored. that number down. Yeah, I, I think a teaser would be fun on this one. Uh, so let's see. Ed's put up 42 against Hoven. 42 to 20. 35 and a half would have to be... I always give teams credit for like a score, one and a half scores. Like, you know, if yeah. Jackson scores 10 points, like that's, you know, no, not, no one's batting an eye at that. Like, I'm not giving Jackson any credit. I always give people like a garbage time score no matter what. I never like assume a shutout. Oh, man. 35 and a half is a lot of points. It's a big number, but it's Jackson. I'm taking Jackson to cover. All right. I just think that's a lot of points. I think Ed's like takes the foot off. You know, takes they, the foot yeah, off the gas a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they they take a step back. They go to their running, which I mean, you know, they just it, they just run and like you know maybe it doesn't hit a couple of times. And yeah. The clock runs and you know, uh, I mean, thirty-five and a half is a, that's a running clock. Yeah. Uh, that's true. You're covering with a running clock. That's like part, like, you know, you got this yeah. running clock going. Like, that's like shutout territory. It's like 42 nothing kind of game. I, and I and like, Ed's I like, like giving the ball. I it's... like giving teams one garbage time score or an accident score or, you know. You're talking me out of Ed's and it's going to end up like 68 to three. It might. I'm not telling you it's not. I don't, I mean, that's why people set the line. They set the line where they think it's going to be 50 50 over under. I understand how the concept works. Well, God, you're talking me out of. Fine, give me Jackson. You don't have to. I know I don't. I'll take Jackson. McKinley is going to mentor. Mentor minus seven. Ooh. Hmm. Mentor all the way. Yeah, mentor. St. V is traveling to Fitch in an interesting matchup. Fitch minus ten and a half. Wow. Give me Fitch. I think St. V. They've been uh, up and down this year. Mm-hmm. Fitch has been pretty consistent, except for one game. I can't remember who they played, but they just got ran up and down the field. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Couldn't really do much against those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Fitch is making a good run. So that's a. Uh, I'll take Fitch. Ten and a half. I think it was. I really wish the spread was nine and a half, right? Uh, let's let's go with Fitch. Attaboy. boy. Let's go with Fitch. But you don't know. Like Saint V could show up. You know, like they played Hoban tough. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hoover going to Westerville South. Ooh. Westerville South minus seven and a half. Minus seven and a half. Hmm. <clears throat> We saw some Westerville South. We saw some Hoover, too, for our Perry episode, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Saw a little bit of Hoover this year. 
Hoover sucks. Give me Westerville. You... That's a tough one. Um, I'll go with Hoover just to be opposite you. All right. Uh, DeSalles at Lake. Lake 16 and a half. Wow. Um, I saw some Lake guy talking shit on, I don't know if it was either. DeSalles is the seventh seed. DeSalles seventh seed. Give me a lake. I want lake. I want to knock. I want to knock lake out of the playoffs. I mean, they could win and not cover. Um, Sixteen and a half. Lake's been good this year outside of playing McKinley. Even though when we watched that film, they didn't look very good. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Let's roll with lake. All right, Florida State, seven and a half point favorites traveling to the U. Golly. Um, the U's got to do something this year, right? Uh, they don't have to. You're right. They don't have to. I'll take the U. Uh, Florida State football squad. Florida State commanders. Yep. Uh, Michigan, 26-point favorites going to Rutgers. Oh, God. Hammer, Michigan. That's not even a question. Yeah, I think I'm wrong with Michigan, too. Here's a good game. Texas, two-and-a-half-point favorites going to Kansas State. Wow. Does Kansas State have the quarterback yet? Was Kansas State... Quarterback back? Um, I, I know the only reason they lost to TCU was because the quarterback went out and they had to, like, make up a run game on the fly. Well, Kansas State beat your Oklahoma State... 48 nothing last week. Oh, I'm thinking Kansas, not Kansas State. Um, yeah, that was bad. That was all around not great. Uh, that's that's a burn the tape game. Mm-hmm. Mullet's going to throw it all over the yard. Give me, give me Texas. Texas covers at Kansas State. Okay, I'm cool with that. Clemson, minus three and a half, going to Notre Dame. I don't care how many games Clemson has won. They still suck in my eyes. Yes. Notre Dame's kind of figuring it out. I don't know. This spread's a lot close. I didn't expect this spread to even be close. Really? What was Notre Dame what? Um Notre Dame beat Syracuse up pretty bad last week. But it's Syracuse. I picked Syracuse to cover, but <laughs> it's Syracuse. Like it, that's what it finally came down to. Yeah, it's cute. But Syracuse played um, Clemson close. At Syracuse, at least in like the first half that I watched, I feel like Syracuse should have like kind of won that. They should have won the first half. Yeah, I don't remember what the score was, but like they were the better team in the first half when I was watching. And is Clemson what I'm saying. Should have lost to Wake Forest too. So give me- I know Clemson isn't great, but. Notre Dame's not great either. Give me Notre Dame. I'm going with Clemson. Bama, minus 13, going into Baton Rouge. Oh, going into Death Valley. Um, Yo, Chip Kelly. 
I could have saved LSU so many millions of dollars if they would have just asked me if they should have hired Chip Kelly or not. I think if they asked anybody if they should have hired him, it would have been a resounding no. Bama needs to make a lot of statements to get into the playoffs. I think it starts now, so Bama. Yeah. I mean, my issue with Bama is I've been saying that all year. I'm like, oh, well, Bama, you know, they're going to have to have a statement game. They're going to cover. No. They're going to have to have, you know, too many close games. They're going to blow. They're going to win a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hasn't been great. But, you know, why not? Let's take Bama to cover. Tennessee, the number one team of the country, are eight-point underdogs. Going into Georgia. They're dogs. The number one team in the country are dogs going to play the dogs. Glad you said that because if you didn't, I was going to. Um, God, you said minus eight and a half? Eight. Or plus, oh, Tennessee plus eight. Hey, man. Feels like 95. I think Tennessee walks out with a dub. Rocky Top? Yep. Yeah, I saw people complaining about how Georgia should be ahead of Ohio State. And they're like, do you forget what Georgia did to Oregon week one? It's like, have you forgot what they've done since then? <laughs> yes, because they haven't done anything. Yeah. They've won, but... Ew. um, Tennessee is on an absolute burner. And they are, like, breaking records for the amount of ranked teams they have played so far and beat so far. I mean, mm. they are battle-tested. I know Georgia defending champs, undefeated. Still got that defense, Still but not good. quite as good. Um, I don't think Georgia's offense can hold out in a shutout, or a shootout, I mean. Yeah, I mean, and that's what Tennessee does. Um, Tennessee's going to put up points, and I don't think Georgia can keep yeah. up. And that's what it comes down Georgia's, to. Georgia's got eight. Yeah, I'm taking Tennessee to cover. Yeah, Tennessee's going to cover minus eight, Yeah. right? All right, so uh, that only leaves us with what do you think the spread of the Maslin game is? Oh, boy. Um, minus 34 and a half. Kind of close. Uh, 29 and a half. 29. Yeah, okay. Give them a little credit. So I saw uh, the one... Cleveland Twitter dude reflog. Yep. He had us minus 36 and a half against Perry last week. And I think this team is conceptually very similar to Perry, but slightly better. So that's why I bumped it down a couple yep. points. But all right. Minus 29. Oh, I'd love us to cover minus 29. Another running clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to take Mass on a cover. I think just, you know, any run-on-the-mill team that's going to go out there and try to run on us all game is that's just not a recipe for success. Nope. So uh, I think we will shut them down. I do think they are better than Perry, but I think we will shut them down, and then it's just a matter of, you know, do you cover or not. So 29 and a half. That's 20, four scores. And one field goal ago. Um, <laughs> run it. Yep. Mass on covers. All right. Um, with that, I don't have anything else tonight. Robbie, got anything? 
Uh, I mean, I don't know. You want to talk about that huge Browns victory the other night, or uh, just want to let that one go? Or burn the tape. Uh, just burn it. Burn, burn the, the tape. tape. Yeah. You know what I mean, so shout out them brownies going out there and beating the Bengals. Hey, we were five and four heading into the bye last year. Made the Super Bowl. So similar spot. Team of destiny. Actually, there's one thing I wanted to just briefly talk about because i just learned about it last night and it's like holy crap why didn't anybody ever tell me about this before yeah i saw that walsh university is adding a sprint football team next year mm-hmm. and so my first question is, is what, the what is sprint, sprint football? football like i never heard about this you know so like, let me, I, I just looked up sprint football and I, apparently it is a legitimate collegiate sport and it has been for a long time i don't think there's a whole lot of places that do it yeah. but it is a legitimate thing um sprint football is regular old full contact football mm-hmm. except every single player on the team has to be under 178 pounds what an arbitrary line in the sand yeah i don't know where that came from but 178.0 pounds you have to be under and i watched like a couple of clips it was kind of hard you could find like full games but not mm-hmm. So I was like looking up clips, and I was like, "Yeah, you got your linemen out there blocking, and you got teams running back. Like it's you know it's legit football, and it's it was interesting because I've always wondered what like what I would be able to do against you know similarly sized people. Yeah, because it's like oh you know it's like oh it'd be so cool to be a you know defensive end to be a Mike linebacker or something. It's like all right, well obviously I'm never going to be. <laughs> Or, or it's like offensive line. It's like, oh, you know, I'll like sit there and think about like how to block people and doing your steps and like listening to offensive linemen talk. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like that'd be cool to do. It's like, well, obviously, I would never be a left tackle, right? That's just mm. it doesn't make any sense. But I would always say to myself, I bet you, if I was going against people my own size, I could be a decent left tackle. And it's like, why, why didn't anybody ever tell anybody about sprint football? There are colleges that do this and like you know scholarships and like actual stuff and um. Maybe something to look forward to if you're a, if you're an undersized football player right now out there and like yeah. you want to keep playing, but you know there aren't really schools looking at you that much like or any center that's ever played for Fitch. Yeah, so maybe you can find one of these schools that have a sprint team and you can go play legitimate football and have fun. And I don't know like what the atmosphere around it is. I don't know if it feels kind of like a club sport or whatever. But um, I mean, hell, I'd be down. Go get my degree in underwater basket weaving. Yeah, just go play some football. Yeah, I think uh, I think it'd be pretty cool, pretty fun to play sprint football. I'm actually kind of interested in it now. Yeah, I wanna. Oh, man, uh, yeah, I go to Walsh. Yeah, it's like best you know, best nose tackle in the league. Yeah, <laughs> damn right. One seventy seven point nine on weigh in day. I was gonna say, I wonder. So. Do you know, like, do they have to know. weigh in I don't every know if it's, week? Or? I don't know if it's the beginning of the season. Like, you know, it's like arbitrary, like August 1st weigh-in. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know how they do it. Or maybe, like, if there's a playoffs, like, you have to redo it before playoffs. Or, or if it's, like, you know, a wrestling season where yeah. you have to weigh in beforehand. Right before like, the game or what? Yeah, I don't know how it works. But, I mean, Walsh is adding one. With that, Walsh is looking for a football coach. And I guess, I assume staff. Yeah. But they're hiring a coach, and it talks about, like, you know, at least five years of head coaching experience. Um, you have to be able to recruit, so like, mm-hmm. the, the full deal. It's like, oh, this is, like, yeah. kind of an actual Le- sport. Legit thing. 
Yeah. It would be interesting to see like what the league is and everything because when I looked it up, I found like one league and it's like a couple um, – like Cornell has a good team. Some college called Mansfield has – Like Ohio Mansfield? I don't know. Oh. There's Mansfield College. Probably. I saw a couple highlights of them and them playing Cornell multiple times. Uh, Penn. It's probably like Mansfield, Kansas. Yeah. I mean, Penn has a team. Um, all in this like same league that I was seeing clips from. So I don't know how many different leagues there are. I don't know who Walsh plans on playing. Maybe the uh, Gliac, like they're all adding it, or yeah. maybe maybe they all have it besides Walsh. I don't know. But uh, interesting, you know, leave some options out there for some of you guys that really like it. But you know, maybe you're a little bit undersized, or you plan on going to like one of these schools anyway. You weren't thinking about playing football, but now maybe you can do both. Yeah. Who knows? But interesting concept. Maybe you can get a little bit of money for it too. Hey, they have nil nil deals. Stuff. You're like either just get a you know a sponsorship from the local car dealership. Yeah, get to drive around a beater 1999 Honda Civic for free. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! I don't know. I just thought it was cool because I never heard about it before, and it, it's actually like a pretty tenured thing. So. Mm. Yeah, it sounds pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, I mean, I agree. So, it's like, why didn't anybody ever tell me? Here I am, just prime sprint football <laughs> candidate, all American, just hey, laying around here. Pump the brakes. <laughs> God, fucking sprint left tackle. No, no way in hell you're playing left tackle. I play every position. <laughs> I mean, you might be able to play like every water boy I, position. I wish it was like a little bit lighter than that. Like it was like. One yeah. seven. I'm trying to think like what would be a better cutoff for me. But for you, one thirty five. Shut up. I, won't, I, won't, I would never make it. Back in high school, I could, but uh, no. If it was like one seventy and under, yeah. oh my god, I'd have teams bidding for me. Oh, bidding for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Just, just think about. Just have car dealerships and Dollar Generals just tripping <laughs> over themselves trying to get you a sponsorship. It it really does eliminate a very high percentage of people, though. Yeah. I mean, like, 178, I mean, obviously, the more you go up, the more it, but, I mean, 178, how many people are under 178? I mean, a good 178? Not many. Like, actual athletes? Yeah. Huh? Collegiate football? Like, collegiate players that would be football bodies? Mm-hmm. Not many. That's like, I mean, I have, like, you know, some of my friends that I still like play basketball with or you know or i used to play flag football with or whatever it's like i I would consider us like similar size like yeah we're about the same size Mm. like because that's just kind of what you have to do when yeah uh, you know uh when you're playing sports it's like oh we're about the same size we play like the same position and it's like oh they're 195 pounds he's 205 pounds i'm like oh you move pretty well for something that's 205 but it's like I was kind of comparing us like to be the same size, mm-hmm. and like, nope, you can't play in this league. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's like one seventy eight is not very big. Yeah, who would have thought? Especially for, I mean, college. Like, this isn't a high school one seventy eight. This is college yeah. one seventy eight. I mean, who would have thought your beer league softball team couldn't play in the one seventy eight yeah. and under league? <laughs> <laughs> just in just in general, though, I have like I have friends that I would I would say we're like the same size ish. Yeah, but they're not. They're over 178, or like they'd have to like cut to mm-hmm. get under 178. Interesting sign, concept. That'd sign, be fun. Me, sign me up. Sign man. me up. 
Let's do it. They're dominating the trenches, man. Black Swarm Podcast joins Collegiate Sprint. Sprint Football Football League. Yeah. I think it's in the fall, which is like, you know, I wish it was like a spring sport. Yeah. But hey, be something to do on game day other than drink and sit on our asses and watch football. Yeah, that's true. Get to scratch that itch a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I do want to get into the, every single off season. I say that we're gonna do something like along those lines. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we'll go do like workouts with you know former players, yeah. or you know, we'll convince one of the coaches to let <laughs> us come in and like do stuff during the off season with like current players. So, you know, like, hey, Slaughter, teach me how to do a drop back. You know, mm-hmm. how do I do a seven step drop? Yeah, well, you know, he might not even know how to do that. Do teams do seven step <laughs> drops anymore? <laughs> No, that's more of an under center thing. That's an under center thing, isn't it? Yeah. Man, dating myself. All right, Slaughter, teach me. Do a what? Seven step <laughs> drop. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Damn. Okay. Uh, like, oh, teach me how to, you know, I, don't know, I thought that. Yeah, be seven step cool, drop. But... That's what, you know, like Baker Mayfield does from the gun. God. Just. He just he does a seven step Tur- shuffle. Turning that it's hoop. not really a drop. Turning that hoop into a straight line for those DNs. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, he's cool. Yeah. Def- there is definitely an itch going on somewhere of like doing football-y things. So yep. any, uh, any offers or options out there, you let, uh, you let me know. You let us know. Yeah. I can, listen, I can fill in somewhere. I'm, I see people like talking about flag football leagues that they want to create around here. Like somebody wants to create a seven on seven league in Maslin, which is like, I've wanted to do seven on seven for a while. When I was doing flag football, it was four on four and it's like, not real it's not football yeah you have like weird rules and it's like it's fun but it's not it's not like traditional it's not football it's like no i want to do like a seven on seven actual like here are plays that you could see actual teams running you know here are real coverages like and well even that stuff like i can't do i'm not an athlete you can't put me out in the slot and like run a fucking pivot route well i mean i'd even be fine with like the leagues that have blockers then like i mean that's fine too um but no, but, I, need like, that. I want to do something that's more football-ish than the four-on-four. Four. It's not. It's just the style is. I mean, I still, I'll still do it. Like, I'll, it's fun. I'll play it. But it's not football. I, I would rather. So, like, I don't know. Maybe this guy will get an act. This actual seven-on-seven seven league going. It's gonna be tough based on I think how they're doing it. But yeah, I, I've got an itch to. I, I feel like I'm. You know, I'm getting old. Yeah. So yeah, I, don't, I don't know how much I got left left in me. I mean, I don't know. I had 10 years off of uh, all sports. You know, I've been hitting that weight room, though, so I'm still still pretty decent shape. Yeah. Put me out there at fullback, give me a neck roll. I'm going to kick out block 40 times a game. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I got hurt playing basketball last year, then came back from it, kind of, like, re-aggravated it. Uh, went and played basketball a couple weeks ago, and it just wasn't wasn't doing it for me. Yeah? I don't know. Yeah? I might not be the, you know, play basketball two, three times a week guy anymore. I don't know. We'll see. Well, you were never the play basketball good guy. Oh yes, shut up. <laughs> I was good at <laughs> good at basketball for the competition we play with. But yeah, football. Yep. Let's do some football. Football. The foosball. So with that, we'll get out of here. Go Tigers! Beat the Cardinal. Go Tigers! Beat the team we're playing this week. Yeah. Nailed it. Makes more sense than Cardinal. You don't know that one? Stanford back in the day were the Indians. 
and then when they had to change their name, they just went with the cardinal. Mm. Yeah. I did know that it's the color. Yes, not the bird. It's not the bird. Mm-hmm. And that's why the band just like they have, they a, have tree. a tree mascot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was a that was a deep pull by me. Hmm. Shout out to like maybe the one guy that got that before we had to explain it, but Go Tigers. Win on Friday. Nailed it. <laughs> nice. <laughs>